Gaze Radio with your family. I'm Hendrik and I'm here with Costa Karastavrakis, author of a wonderful book. Yes. That's my name. Yeah, Karastavrakis. It, 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 you talk about it in the book and we're going to talk about your book extensively uh, over the next hour or so. But uh, that's something that, that sort of spoke to me because I have the same issue. You know, my name, my name actually is not even, it's not difficult phonetically mm-hmm. if you break it down. Karastavrakis, but you've got to break it down. Um, and it's also Konstantinos is my first name. You know, put it all together, especially for a young kid at school. It, it created a help. I'm a one at school, obviously. I mean, like you were saying, it's, it's, it's something you get teased about a lot because it's different sounding and, and it makes you the other. Oh, completely. I was Costa Carrots and Broccoli. <laughs> I was Costa, you know, Carrot, Kara, um, Taramosalata, all the names except my real name. But you can say Taramosalata, but you can't say Karastabrakis. <laughs> 100%, <Yeah>. exactly. <laughs> so uh, we're going to talk about your book. Uh, wonderful book. I've just finished reading it. I'm Costa from Meth to Marathons, where you uh, tell us a, a, a very intimate story and, and make something very public that I don't know, not many people, I suppose, knew about you before. Absolutely. You know, um, it's been uh, many years in the making. Um, I sat down two years ago and I wanted to write a story to myself, actually. That was the real reason I wanted to write this book. I wanted to put down my journey for me mm. to look at. Okay. And certainly, I, did you succeed in that in, in, in now looking back on it? Oh, wow, absolutely. It's, uh, it uh, was a little easier to write than I thought it would be. Um, I've been writing for many years, actually. I've been uh, journaling for about the last 15 years, just my thoughts and my, my well, actually more, probably 20 years. Just some morning pages, some dreams I'd been having, some aspirations, you know, trying to work stuff out internally. Thinking stopped working. And then the writing, I felt really, when you see something in your own handwriting, it means a lot more, more than typing or whatever. And then came to the stage where I thought to myself, well, I've written out these volumes and volumes of journals over the years. Why not put them in a cohesive tale for me to, to look at and, it was a pet project uh, that started out as uh, something fun, but I wanted to be published. I knew it actually from the first, from the day I started writing, actually, let's get serious. Let's, mm. let's maybe get this published. And published you did, and so beautifully written, and we're going to talk all about it uh, in just a few moments. We're going to talk about um, some of the aspects, you know, how, how you write things and, and the discipline of doing that. We're going to talk a little bit about some of the subject matter and some of the pivotal moments in the book, and then obviously tell everybody where to buy it, uh, because obviously it needs to be on your bookshelf. Yeah, absolutely. Fantastic. Hmm. So I'm Hendrik here for Gaze Radio. We'll be back in just a moment. Here's some great music from our LGBTQ plus playlist. You can follow Gay Essay Radio on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Gay Essay Radio, where you are family. Gay Essay Radio, you are family. I'm Hendrik, and I'm here with Costa. We're talking about his wonderful book, I Am Costa. So, now, Costa, when, when one has a massive drug and alcohol problem, well, it's not something you, you, you walk around, you tell everybody, you know, like, hey, here's my, my claim to fame. But... This seems to be what you've done. You've written a whole book about it and, and let the whole world know about it. So tell me how you were saying that there was journals that went into that, but how did it get to the book stage and, and, and how has that helped you on your journey? Well, for starters, like I say um, on the back of my book, I called, named this book after myself because I don't need anywhere to hide anymore. I have no more secrets. There's something so cathartic about having no secrets from anyone, um, putting my hand up and owning up 
for all that I had done, the damage I'd done to myself, the damage I'd done to my family and friends, the damage I'd done to my career, etc. Um, it's been a process of healing over the last few years. Um, and it's at the point where I have no more secrets and I have no more shame. And if I hold no more shame around all of it, then why not tell everybody? Mm. It has no power over me. It has no effect over me. That's why I'm able to tell and talk about things that come across as quite horrific. Because I must be honest, when I, when I got the book and I started reading it, I had a sense of trepidation, like arrogance of, you know, who's Costa to want to tell his story now? What makes him so special? And, and I, for the first few pages, I was like, Meh. and then it slowly, the story sucked me in and I felt so empowered by the end of it that I, I kind of felt ashamed of going like, you know. Well, to tell you a story, I have an Israeli friend and he said to me, but who wants to read a book about you? Who cares? He said to me. And uh, rightfully so. I mean, who cares? I mean, firstly, who the hell am I? And mm. secondly, you're splurting your name and face on a cover of a book like it's a, looks like a vanity project almost. And uh, when you're vulnerable, my vulnerability and the way I've exposed myself leaves very little room for ego. And when reading it, I'm glad you realized that um, it's not about me shouting out who I am and what I stand for. It's about me trying to help myself and you just reading it can coming along for the ride. It's not a self-help book. I don't want to tell people what to do. Like I tell people, I'm not a professional. I have no qualification in assisting people with how to handle addiction, etc. I'm a storyteller and this is my story. So sitting down and writing that, the discipline of doing that, how, I didn't, how does that work? Uh, I didn't find it very difficult because I, I could see the outcome. Uh, I felt very empowered. And, you know, they say you start writing the book and then the book starts writing itself. It's such a cliche. <laughs> I wanted, when I heard, first heard that, I wanted to vomit. I'm like, oh, whatever. These self-important authors. Um, and I wasn't an author. I was just a weekend writer. But weekends I did write. And I would sit in coffee shops and restaurants around Joburg with loud music pumping in my ears because that's actually how I managed to focus. Lots of activity around me, very loud music, SoundCloud on full blast in my ears, and I would write for hours. Mm. Um, and I found the process really easy because there's a formula to writing a book. Mm. And I joined a writer's group. They gave me the formula and I love a plan and I followed a plan. But for me also throughout the book, it seems it's like it's a stripping down process. That's what you did the whole time. It's, you strip things bare and strip things back to the truth of the, the sort of central aspect of the whole matter, which is our common humanity. And then it becomes something I can relate to because there are so many aspects that, that are true in my life too. Mm. Um, and I found that so so empowering in a way. Did, did the book empower you at the end? The book made me look at my life and breathe a sigh of relief. That's oh. the first thing. Uh, a sigh of relief that I'd been there, I'd done that, um, and it was over. Mm. Um, and it's nice to know that that pain is over. Um, but essentially it's given me, it's given me a new, a new energy to, to tell other people mm. to, it's, it's helped me deal with a lot of the shame because I've handed it back in the pages of the book mm -hmm. and it has very less power over it, a lot less power over me well, than it a, used to. But that's the thing. Once you put something in the light, it, you take away its power, no? A hundred percent. The power lies in its being hidden in secret and all of that. Nonsense. And, and like, like uh, in the 12-step program I belong to, we say secrets keep you sick. Mm. 
and they do keep you sick. And even though clean and sober for many years, um, there were some little secrets that were keeping me sick. And then writing them out and actually exposing them makes them vanish. Okay. So we're going to talk about um, being different and feeling different from other people uh, and, and how that played a, a role in your life and led to the story that you so beautifully tell in your book. Um, I'm here with Costa. This is Gay SA Radio, where you are family. Of course, we only play LGBTQ plus artist icons and allies. So let's listen to some of those. Just north of the fast-paced business world of Santon Johannesburg lies the Indaba Hotel, Spa and Conference Centre, nestled beneath the vista of the magnificent Mahalisberg Mountains. Searching for the perfect gift but don't want the hassle of hitting the malls? Moana Spa Pamper Vouchers are now available online. Visit moanaspa.co.za for more info or to purchase your voucher. Quick, easy and convenient. Why not treat yourself or your better half to a Moana online pamper voucher? The perfect to me from me gift. We're talking about the mountain here with Costa. And Costa, of course, has written this wonderful book. It is called I Am Costa from Meth to Marathons, and it is available in all good bookstores right now. So we'll give you more details about where to get it in just a few moments. Costa, in your book, you talk very much about the other, being the other. I mean, obviously from a Greek, uh, very much a Greek background, which others you already uh, in a way in South Africa and also the time, uh, you know, you grew up. Um, but then also those feelings of, of being different to other boys and, and that otherness also and how all that led to, you know, a life. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, now I look back on and go, Phew, at least, uh, you know, I've, I finished that chapter of it and I've got the book to prove it. And yes, I mean, being, I was everything. I was the either too skinny or, or too short, too dark, too Greek, too this, too that, too feminine, uh, all of that stuff. I was the last guy they picked for every uh, team sport. You know, I, I was like th under 13F uh, rugby. Yeah, rugby. And they put me on the wing position. And I remember the ball came to me once that whole season. It came down as far as the, the wing once. And I literally just dodged it because I don't want to be tackled. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I was other than most. Um, and what's so funny since writing this book is a friend of mine called it Othering. You know, I'm, I was great at othering, but what a lot of people have come up to me and said, but hang on, you're Greek, but actually you sound like you're Indian or I didn't know your family was black or I didn't know you were Afrikaans because we're all the same. Mm. You know, there's this, there's this thing about feeling like you're other than in most cultures, especially in such a diverse culture as South Africa. Yeah. A friend of mine, uh, Tom, wrote a book called um, It Is What It Is, which was about his experience in the army in the 70s as a Seventh-day Adventist being wow. in jail. And he said, rewriting or writing that story, he thought he dealt with most of the pain of that period, but he hadn't because it brought up so many emotions while he was writing it. Was that the same for you? Definitely, definitely. Um, I've got a strange way. I, I don't feel in the moment. That's weird. Um, I would write down some incredibly revealing and very, very hectic to look at things, and I'd be fine. But a week later, I'd have the meltdown. Mm. Um, and uh, in some cases, I would just have a little cry. Uh, in other cases, a spectacular <laughs> breakdown. And now I've, I cry probably once or twice a day. Um, and it's because the book is out, and I'm just flushing. I mm. call it my emotions are just flushing. Flushing themselves, it's, it's more gratitude cry, it's more relief cry, it's the good stuff. 
cry, not the sadness, not the pain. It's the flushing of the soul crying. And one of those things that we as men try not to do as often as we possibly can. And what a good release also, you know. Well, yeah, I've, I've got an embarrassing trait where I, I'm doing some talks at bookshops and every time I start a talk, I go, I'm not going to cry this time. And I always land up crying. Um, I've, I, sometimes it, it's a bit unnerving for some people, but I can't control it. Mm. I try my best to, you know, not make it look uncomfortable. That big, ugly cry, yeah, that's the one I do. <laughs> yeah. And it doesn't, it's not pretty. Um, but I, yeah, I somehow get, get by because, you know, when you're vulnerable, vulnerability is binary. Mm. You know, it's either one or zero. You can't be somewhat vulnerable. Um, you know, you're either naked or you're not naked. Mm -hmm. And when I'm naked and I'm vulnerable like that, I cry and it's just how I am. So talking about being vulnerable, I mean, as part of the Greek community also, we're talking about otherness and also, but there's a, a very big sense of community within your community. Well, there is. There's, um, there's identity which, which really unites uh, a lot of, say, you know, Greeks or sub-communities like us. But, you know, coming from a community like that that's quite tight-knit, it also, you know, brings a whole lot of uh, rules, dogma, and restrictions. Expectations. Expectations, gossip, etc. And um, I was, you know, I came out the closet very young. I was, well, in those days, in 1992, I was 22 years old. And what I realized, coming out the closet, there's this witch hunt. You know, is he, isn't he, is he, isn't he? And did you hear the Karis of Rock? This boy is gay. <gasps> you know, scandal. But what I realized is people just want somebody to talk about. Mm -hmm. And when they realize you don't care, they move on to somebody else. Mm. So literally, I came back to Joburg. I lived in Durban at the time. I came back to Joburg and I told as many people as I could. It was almost my like, hi, I'm gay. Hello, I'm gay. Hello, did you hear I'm gay? Just to get it over and done with. It was a week or two weeks of, of everybody's eyes rolling and it was done. Mm. It's over. Like, I'm gay. Everybody knows I'm gay. There's no secret behind it. Can we move on? Those who didn't like me vanished. Those who hated me, you know, tried to put me down. But, I mean, trial you can. Um, I'm done with it. And that's a kind of a central theme of your book is like taking your power back, like we were saying earlier, by taking, taking the control back and, and the mystery disappears out of it. And, and it's the same with, with, I mean, what you went through with, with the whole drug issue and, and how you taking your power back now by doing this and having written the book about it. Yep, there was huge shame around me uh, being a drug addict. I was a very, very high-functioning alcoholic. Um, and you can in South Africa. You can, you know, hold on an amazing job and drink Thursday to Sunday, you know, kind of wipe your eyes sober up Monday to Thursday and then start cracking it, you know, Thursday night. Um, or you can, you know, start drinking late in the afternoon. And you can, and I know a lot of people, and I was one of them, very high-functioning. Um, then when the hard drug started that's when it was difficult to be high-functioning anymore. You know, I call it all the C's, Coke, Cat, Crack, Crystal Meth. You know, funny that should all start with a C. Um, and uh, so does my name. Funny that. Oh. Anyway, um, Costa, Crystal, Coke. Anyway, the point is... That's probably the next book, isn't it? There's a good book. There's a very Costa, Crystal and me. Um, all three of us. Uh, but the hiding... Hiding your habits, I was very ashamed to be using. Most of my friends didn't use. I used to hide behind, use behind their back. And I didn't use to have fun. I used to switch off. Mm. I used to numb the pain. I wanted to knock myself out. Um, and that happened. The first time I had alcohol, I was 12, and it took away pain. That's what I wanted to do. 
And the same with, uh, with drugs. Hard drugs, though, when you, brought you, you get brought to your knees very, very quickly. Mm. Yeah, they, they do that. You, you, you have no choice in the matter, do you? Mm. No, and the one thing I didn't realize is, and nobody tells you, you know, the Coke isn't, isn't as good as it is the first time, and it's biologically programmed to, you become addicted to it. After the first time. Yeah, and it. I remember the first time I had cats, I phoned up my friend and I said, I'm hooked. And he's like, absolutely not. Oh, you, you talk such rubbish. And I know me, I knew all I wanted was more. Mm. I wanted to fill this, what I called it, hole in my soul. By that stage, I... I had been through tough relationships. I'd been through some tough times. I was, you know, my business wasn't working and I just wanted out. And uh, Coke, Cats, and eventually Crystal Meth really, really helped knock me out. And how Costa got back from all of this is the topic of a wonderful book that he's written, which you must certainly get. It's called Costa. Uh, I am Costa from Meth to Marathons by Costa Karastavrakis. We're going to talk some more about this in just a moment. I'm Hendrik from Gay Is Radio, where you are family. Here we go. Some great music coming up next. Gay Is Radio is really accessible. The easiest way to talk to us is to send us an email. Studio at gayisradio.coza. Gay Is Radio, where you are family. I'm Hendrik, and uh, thank you for choosing to listen here on the internet. Of course, uh, please you tell your friends. They can always listen to us on our website, gayserradio.co.za, or get the app from your phone at the uh, Google Play Store or the iTunes Store. But now I'm talking books, and uh, still with me is Costa. We're talking about his book, I Am Costa, which uh, is uh, quite the read. Um, you know, as I said earlier, I was, I was slightly trepidatious, and then it just bowled me over, and it is such a gripping story, and in a way so liberating that we have somebody who's prepared to tell the truth, and be seen as kind of a, I don't know if you, you want to be seen, but I see you now as a kind of a role model for the LGBTQ plus community, certainly, because as a gay man who's gone through all this kind of shit, you show an example that there's a way out of it as well. You oh. don't have to be pulled down by it. No, no. I mean, let's, uh, you know, let's talk about sex. Yeah. For one, I mean, you know, I, you know, I was raised with the world around me, you know, Freddie Mercury was a faggot you know, sex was wrong with other men. Mm. So, so coming into a relationship where you now want to be intimate and personal and try this so-called love thing when that your act of love is wrong, it's bad. There's this ingrained um, history that you're trying to undo. Um, no, I was, I was super confused. Mm. Introduced drugs to that. And uh, yeah, that kind of sorted things out. Um, the shame vanishes the, the inhibitions, inhibitions vanish and then sex becomes something that is a lot easier to do mm -hmm. drunk high schnaffed whatever much easier to do and then you kind of lose what it's about then you you're confused with a connection that is actually for me what i found out those connections were just chemical mm. um, sure they were strong yes they were elaborate and you could even say some of them psychedelic and the senses were heightened physical senses mm. and my life is physical just for this period of my life until I die. What I realized is I'm after the spiritual connection and as much as I felt I had a spiritual connection, you know, when you drop an E and you feel so connected to the other person, are you that connected when you wake up the next morning and you're down and you can't even look at him and you realize how ugly he is? Mm. No, 
You know, there isn't that spiritual connection. Nothing compares. And I had a journalist who asked me some really difficult questions around this, around mm. chemsex, around being gay, around um, uh, artificially uh, manufacturing love, etc. Um, and I just, I just said to him, I said, nothing compares to a spiritual connection that is intimate and close and awake. And I have something like that now with a wonderful man in my life. And there's no drug that compares to mm. that feeling. None, none whatsoever. It lasts for days. It's free. It's good for my health. And it keeps me in integrity and doing things I love doing for people I love. Uh, you, you can't touch that. It's interesting. You were saying earlier that um, there was this void. There was this central problem that you never addressed that then resulted in all these things sort of happening and having these domino effects. And as you were saying now, even in relationships, you're like, the drugs just fucked it up. At what point did you actually deal with that central problem that caused all of that? Well, you reach uh, what I call a rock bottom. Yeah. You know, you got to reach there first. Mm -hmm. And my rock bottom was like, I never want that day or that night ever again. Um, and when you reach that rock bottom, I got handed what is called uh, the gift of desperation. Gift of desperation. Now, mm. that sounds really interesting. We're going to talk more about that in just a moment. You better keep on listening right here on Gayser Radio, where you are family. Do you want to meet the person who can introduce you to your next client? Net Your Niche is an online networking platform that reduces the time, money, and effort of traditional marketing and allows you to focus on what truly matters. Meeting someone who can refer you to the exact person you're looking for. No more calling secretaries and being put on hold. Sign up today at a 20% discount and make sure you don't miss out on meeting new clients any longer. Visit us on NYN. Dot co dot ZA or call us on zero one two nine four seven nine five double nine. Guys, ready? We are family. I'm Hendrik, and uh, here in Cape Town with me is Costa Karastavrakis, who's written this book. It's called "I Am Costa from Meth to Marathons," which details a life. I don't know. <sighs> <laughs> I would say well lived, but a hard, a hard life lived, a, a, a difficult life, a, difficult decisions, and ending up in a in a pivotal moment where, like you said earlier, where you are driven to that point where you have to make a decision. And make a decision, but like I said earlier, it's a, a decision made out of desperation, and uh, people often think that this disempowering point to make a decision. But I was given what I, what's called a gift of desperation, and it is a gift. Because I was so desperate, I was prepared to do anything and everything in my power to never, ever, ever feel like that again. And to this day, it's my driving force where I sit and I think, sometimes I feel like a drink. Mm. Or sometimes I can even taste cocaine on my tongue. Mm. Or in my nasal passage, I can just smell it. And I just remember that pain of that last day of using and this gift that was given to me to do anything in my power to never use again. And uh, when I say anything in my power, to throw myself at every resource that was available 
every method that I'd read, I tried. And uh, that's how you get clean. But that's a very courageous thing to do. And, and not many people who, who are on that path ever get to that point, do they? I mean, you see them at robots, please, 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 money, and you know they're going to use again tonight. And sometimes pain is the, the best motivator. And, uh, you know, uh, I'm not, I don't think anybody needs to enable anybody else. Everybody's on their own process. But you just need to find your moment where you go enough mm. enough pain enough lying enough hurts um and uh and this desperation comes in and i'm proud of that i'm proud that i'm that desperate mm. because look how far it got me and how long did it take for you from that moment of desperation to where we are now in time well well for starters i didn't go to rehab and it doesn't mean rehab is good or bad mm -hmm. um, i found a 12-step program um, and in the book, I talk about how I try to go to rehab, but they wouldn't take me oh, in yeah. and blah, blah, blah. Very story, that. <laughs> yes, <Very. laughs> silly story. But I just went to this meeting where you sit in a circle um, and you all help each other get clean through a 12-step program that I went to a meeting the one day and I just felt normal. There were a whole bunch of people in there just like me. Um, all these hectic druggies, you know, everyone has a cool attitude about them, but all of us don't want to use drugs. Mm. Because we all believe that lie, that we all believe we were fed a lie. So we're all in on it. We're all in on the action and we all want to help each other. Mm. And there's no rules, just suggestions. There's a cool way of folding new people into the group. And before you know it, you go to another meeting and you meet more people just like me. You know, I must say in this 12 step program, and I've been around for many, many, many meetings. Um, not once have I felt judged for anything I've done. Um, that doesn't happen in normal society. Mm. That doesn't happen anywhere. Um, there's no one who's ever said anything about me being gay or this or that or anything. And what happened is I went to a meeting the one day and then the next day and I went to a few hundred more meetings day in, day out. And that was 13 and a half years ago. Mm -hmm. um, you know, as time went by, by the second or third year, I slowed down to like, three or four meetings a week. And now, you know, I go once a week. Um, it's my insurance policy. It's my recharge button. Mm -hmm. It's interesting because, I mean, when we met first, which was quite a few years ago, mm. you were sober. And, yep. and I did not know anything about the story. And you know, now I'm, I'm the guy who has the most fun, but without any chemicals. Um, but this is so amazing because I remember seeing you at a New Year's party at, at a very famous men's resort uh, with everybody sloshed beyond comprehension and you were like a beaming smiling and sober as all tomorrow yep. and having the time of your life yep how is that different the, the way that one parties and, and have fun well it's it's actually great um what happens is is more selective which parties i do go to mm -hmm. because um i get tired easily and quickly and i always do like i arrive late and i leave early and my friends know um costa never says goodbye he just vanishes mm-hmm just I've, I can gauge a nightclub and I know those 30 seconds before and after everybody's pills are kicking in. I, can, I know it's, they're kicking in 30 seconds. I take one look at the room and I vanish like a poof. <laughs> I just vanish. And all my friends know if Cross is no longer around, it just got too much. And, um, and yeah, the next morning I've got to go running. The next morning I've got to do something. So um, I'm certainly not going to waste my time losing my voice. And, you know, I've done, I'm not really mad about other drunk people. 
people who are really drunk talk the biggest of shit and um, I can only take so much of that but yes I remember everything the next mm. day so I'm the friend and you, you, don't, wake up, you wake up without a headache I wake up without a headache but I'm the friend you don't want around when you're having fun because I remember <laughs> everything <Yeah. laughs> well we're going to talk a little bit more with Costa uh, we're going to talk about traveling a little bit and also about running yeah not running at all here and it's, it's such a big part of your life it is too yeah yes okay that's coming up here on Gaze Radio where you are family I know you will like Gay Essay Radio on Facebook. There's the main page, Gay Essay Radio, as well as all the show pages. Like us there. Gay Essay Radio, we are family. I'm Hendrik, and I'm here with Costa. And um, interesting book talks about travel in, in so many ways. You seem to be very well-traveled. Oh, you know, you know, I'm gay, so you know, you've got to travel. Or you've at least got to have aspirations of traveling. And ever since I was a young boy, I mean, all I wanted to do was travel. And uh, so any spare money I had, I would, you know, pack my stuff and go. And of course, the more I had had to be the glamorous destinations. I mean, I went with all these friends and we worked in London, but London was so dreary and drab. I took what little money I had and headed to Miami. Mm. You know, why there's palm trees and rollerblades and, you know, oh, beautiful and boys Exactly, yep. exactly. Um, but your know, travel's a big deal for me mm. now. I, uh, it helps me, you know, escape the ordinary. I don't like ordinary. And I love new cultures and different things. I love going to places I know nobody else has ever been to. And uh, I've been to some seriously odd places like that. So are you one of those travelers? I've, I've been with some people like that. They go from South Africa to wherever and then all they want is South African food. Or like the Americans only want like McDonald's and all that. Or no. do you immerse yourself in the culture when you get there? You know, I can get quite hectic. Yeah. I, I do both, you know. There's one kind of holiday, you know, either you want to go to Mauritius and lie on the beach. I can do that very well too, mm -hmm. especially if you're paying. You know, I can go and lie and be a beach by Mauritius or Zanzibar. But then I, you know, I got on a bus in Guatemala City and uh, for six weeks um, went all the way down Central America and stopped almost at the border of Colombia at the Darien Gap I lived with locals, I uh, ate rubbish, and I actually wore the same pair of bright pink swimming trunks for two out of those five weeks. Um, oh. The only time I washed them was when I was swimming. Um, <laughs> yeah, bright pink ones um, and a tiny little backpack, and I can do that too. So, yeah, I can ha hang out with a president or a plumber. The best place you've ever been to, best holiday, or best, best, best place to go to. Best place I've ever been to. Mm. Oof, gosh, that's, uh, it depends on what I'm looking for. I mean, I'm, I am a Greece junkie. I oh. do love, I love Greece in the summer. Um, and, uh, I must say, watching the sunset on the widest beach I've ever been to in El Salvador, um, on a, a, a turtle sanctuary. So there were okay. turtles hatching, oh. watching the sun go down on this beach where I'm, I don't, I've never heard of, never been to. There's no tourism there. That was probably the best uh, sunset I've ever seen. Oh, wow. Mm. Uh, running, you run in the morning or in the evening? Talk about sunset. Well, I used to run a, a hell of a lot. Um, then I developed a knee injury. Um, now I've started training again. Mm -hmm. um, so it depends on what I'm training for. Mm. So I'm just training to get back on the road, do a good 10K. So I would train probably two or three times a week. But uh, gym is where I'm doing lots of strength work. But running is, is something that, especially in winter, oh, I've battled this winter. Mm. I really have battled this winter. But, yep, I have done some marathons before. I know how to run. I love the repetitive nature of it. It's very meditative. It just... They talk about the zone. Oh, yeah. That whole thing. I love that zone mm. because you literally just 
my head switches off mm. and it's a problem because I daydream and I have fallen many times. Right. I've, I've tripped on flat surfaces. Um, I have a permanent scar on my upper lip because I fell onto a flat floor because I get into that zone. I love mm. it. Do you still do yoga? Because we did do a yoga class together once or twice. Oh, you see, now I am a, I'm a yogi by association. Oh, okay. So I hang out <laughs> with all of you guys mm. and I can talk the talk, but talk. gee whiz, I battle. You know, I'm not as, I'm not as uh, supple as you or as other yogis are. Um, and uh, it is something that is getting in the way. Mm. You know, the older I get, um, the more injuries I'm getting. And it's because I'm not as supple. Okay. But yes, bring it on. Kundalini yoga, done that for many, many times. Uh, Hatha, Ashanta, you name it. I'm just not a Bikram boy. But I know how to speak it. Ah, yeah, um, yeah, so yeah. by association. Yeah, the lingo oh, yeah. I can down with dog and... and, uh, and uh, baby pose all of that stuff okay. greatly but it's just something that i know is good for me mm. um that i try and introduce a couple of times mm. um a year but i should i do want to do it more than that mm. especially with you you're great at it oh well simple so yeah but and, I'm, this has also been a very cold winter to go and do some yoga so trying to find a partner and get going again so we'll see you were very good. I remember we did some sunrise sessions. Yes, yes. Early yeah. morning with David. Please. Early morning, David, you and I. And let me tell you, Hendrik, uh, <laughs> listeners, Hendrik knows his stuff around <laughs> yoga. Okay. I mean, I can barely see my shin and you yeah. can like yeah, double no, up. I just fold up. Yeah. Yep. Fold me, put me in a suitcase and take me with you when we go on holiday again. <laughs> Done. Okay. Deal. Cool. Okay. Well, uh, we're going to finish the talk in just a moment. Tell you where to get Costa's book. Um, that's all coming up right here on Gaze Already with your family. Hello, darlings. This is your Queen of the Skies, Kathy Specific here. For the first time in history, an all-gay vacation hits the shores of Africa. Proudly brought to you by AfriGay. Join myself and the seductively saucy trolley dollies as we take you to the beautiful island of Mauritius to experience magnificent sun, sea and surf, a few decadent parties and the chance to make fabulous friends from all over the world. This unique event will be hosted by South Africa's aviation goddesses and your tantalizingly tempting poster girls for travel. For more information, buckle up, bitches, and book your spot at gaysayradio.co.za. Okay, so where we are, family. I'm Hendrik, and I'm here with Costa. And um, Costa, tell me, before we talk about the book and, and where to get it, um, you're on this tour at the moment, a book tour? Yes. Hey, it sounds so glamorous. It sounds so glamorous. You know, <laughs> Mariah Carey goes on tour, and you know, I've got it in my, in my head that I've got to go on tour too. Um, but for me, it's just around, I want to meet readers. I want to meet people face-to-face. -face. Um, while I love this kind of radio stuff, and obviously to get the message out there, I, I feel a strong sense of um, talking to people who maybe need to hear my story. And uh, the best way to do it is to take it on tour. So, you know, we're doing some dates in Joburg, um, Cape Town, Durban, East London, East London PE, uh, you name it, Bloom. Mm -hmm. I did Nelspate last week. Okay. And what was so great, like in Nelspate, we only had uh, 12 people come. And that was amazing because uh, I had two of my audience crying while they were talking about their lives. And, uh, you know, it just, just helps me realize that, uh, A, I can't do this alone. Um, so I need, I need people. And B, it's, um, it gives a lot of meaning to the pain and the shame that I went through. Mm. Um, it makes it all worthwhile. Um, talking to other people, sharing is what it's about. People always say, if you reach one person, you know, you've done your job. But that's, that's really what one wants. You need mm. to touch somebody's life some way. Yeah. 
Mm. I mean, you know, it's quite controversial. People say, well, why do you write a book? Essentially, I, you write it for yourself. Um, it is a self-centered thing. And I feel so blessed. Like here I am going on tour talking about myself and doing it for me where I'm getting a lot of value out of it. But at the end of the day, it has value for others. Mm. And that kind of value is best shared one-on-one, -on -one, connected, eye-to-eye. -eye. I'm very much that kind of guy. I'm the guy who rather has the meeting, sees the people, shakes their hand. And that's what we're doing for the next uh, two months. And uh, I've got it all on my website. Okay. Well, you better tell us your website oh, address. Oh, easy. It's thisiscosta.com. And the dates are all there. Mm -hmm. um, obviously, I'm on Facebook at Costa Carastavrakis. Mm -hmm. um, and you can follow some of that. Or fit, uh, Instagram, sorry, Costa Johannesburg. Um, of course, I'm a Josie boy. Got to, got to rub that in. But, um, but uh, yeah, all of those things and updates on the tour and where it is, it should be till about the end of October. We're mm -hmm. trying to add more dates. And, yeah, like I said to my publisher, I'll go, you know, it takes only two other people to make it uh, mm -hmm. launch, me and one other. So we'll go anywhere. So I've got a crowd in Middleburg who want to see me. So I'll definitely go there. And if you have any requests, I will get in my car and come and we'll talk. And we'll share and we'll have a jewel. Mm. And uh, the book, where do we find that? Very, oh, very luckily, um, I'm at uh, all your exclusive books, most CNAs. Uh, no, actually, sorry, not most CNAs, 60 CNAs. Mm. Um, and then Wordsworth Bargain Books around the country, uh, Reader's Warehouse as well. So you should find it wherever, wherever you go. And if people are listening from outside of the country, how would they get it then? Okay, there I am on ebook, all the ebook formats, iBook, uh, Kindle, Nook, etc., um, for download, and will be available on Amazon in the UK and USA at the end of November. Uh, it's a print-on-demand service Amazon does um, through a distributor over there, but I'm looking for a UK and a US publisher. I've got a couple of uh, fires burning because I do want to be published in those two markets, and uh, let's hope, hope for the best. And then what are you writing next? Oh, <laughs> Well, <laughs> the next one is all the dirt. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, the, the, the next book I, uh, I've already done, actually. Okay. Um, my publisher took this book and chopped it in two. Oh. So this is kind of the first half. Um, the next book is all about the health journey, oh. um, which is a little more of a how-to, but I'm going to rework it. Um, it needs to be a little funnier than it is because I love comedy. I love humor. That was so beautiful in your book as well. I mean, I said to somebody, and, and I've written a review on his book. You can find it on our website, gaysaradio.co.za. I said, your, your personality comes through. It's like when I was reading it, I could hear you kind of narrating it in my ear, weirdly. You know, at the end, um, humor is what, is what just makes life like palatable. You know, I mean, how do you not, I mean, you've got to find the humor in all the situations. And it helps me look at pain. So there's a lot more humor I want to talk about. I do want to write um, uh, my health book, but from a very eclectic um, other side of the fence, not the boring side. So Costa's book, as he said, is available at all leading bookstores here in South Africa. You can find it online in e-format and it is published by Bookstorm. It uh, retails for 260 Rand, am I right? Uh, 280. 280. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, you should definitely read it. It is called I'm Costa from Meth to Marathons. 
and of course written by Costa Karastavakis. Thank you so very much for joining me here on Gaze Radio with your family. Where are you off to next? Where am I off to next? Actually, I've got a book launch in Constantia. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, well, Going fancy. to Constantia, oh, yes. Oh, okay. We're going to have fun there. <laughs> <laughs> well, good luck and I'm looking so much forward to your next book and uh, spending some more time with you somewhere in the future. Yeah, thanks for the good time. Fantastic. Appreciate it. Thanks. Uh, that was Costa chatting to us here on Gay SA Radio, where you are family. Please go out and get his book. And as I said, uh, go look on the website, gaysaradio.co.za. We have a review there, and you can also find the links to all the podcasts and to his website and all of that. I'm Hendrik here for Gay SA Radio. Keep on listening.